Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. Whether you're watching uh, at church time, watching at an earlier time, later time, or even catching up on audio, so glad that you're a part of today's message. In fact, I would highly encourage you, and I know I say that probably each and every week if you've been tuned in, to download our notes uh, from our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, because I will have some scriptures. Um, also, you can download our kids' activity sheet as well. Now, I have, in fact, I'm going to be probably reading some descriptions more, a lot more than normal. So I do want you to follow along and not, not get lost because I do feel like they're so, so, so important. In fact, my title today, if you've been following along really ever since after Easter, we've been looking at end time events. And I wanted to uh, tackle this question today in biblical prophecy. Where are you, America? Where are you, America? In the Bible, do we see America, the United States of America, listed in the end times? We sure see other nations that are listed, but we're going to look today. Can we find something in the Bible that shows us about America? Now, I know that we have people that tune in from our podcast and other countries. We know that we have others that, that watch from other countries as well, too. So we really don't want to just focus in on America because there's more uh, nations at play. But we want to focus in on where is America in these end, end days. Now, the main thought, and I have it actually uh, in, in our notes, is this going into our, our message today. As we study Bible prophecy, it lays the foundation for us to have holy living. We need to have our lives ready for when the trumpet sounds and to live as if Jesus is coming back in the next 10 minutes or even to plan if he's not coming back for 100 years. I need to be ready regardless of 10 minutes or have a plan uh, for 100 years. And that's why when we read Bible prophecy, we remember Jesus's words, no man knows the day or the hour, only the Father knows. But are we seeing an increased timing of things occurring in our land and in the world that are showing us things to come? In fact, many people would say, well, you know, World War II, uh, you know, there was it was like the whole world was involved in a war. Well, we're actually going to bring up a couple things from World War II and when Israel became a nation today. But I'm going to read probably a very unusual verse to read, especially the question that we started with, where are you, America? Because if you know this verse at all, we usually read this around Christmas time because it is a prophetic word about the Messiah, Jesus who will come 700 plus years later, uh, but Isaiah prophesies this, but I want you to listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah about the Messiah. And I want us to catch a few things, ready? For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, 
Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, notice after we read all of those names, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, of the increase of his government. Let me ask that question right away. Did Jesus come and form a government in the three and a half years that he had a ministry? And the answer is no. He had a ministry uh, of the kingdom of God, preaching the kingdom of God. He didn't establish a government. In fact, this prophecy is there would be an increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. Has there been peace at no end? Absolutely not. In fact, it goes on upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. And the end of that verse, in order uh, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Now, here's what we can picture uh, in Bible prophecy. The very next event that we would anticipate taking place is what we call the rapture of the church, which the Bible will refer to the gathering together of the saints. The apostle Paul talks about us being caught up in the air. At that time, according to Bible timeline and what we see in the Bible, the Christians go through the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, there is the marriage supper of the lamb, but at the same time on earth, there begins the seven years of tribulation. At the end of the seven years of tribulation, Jesus returns with his saints and he's going to establish his government and with peace, there will be no end. In fact, we, we know there's a timeline of that millennial, that thousand years of reign of Christ. Now, I don't want to get too ahead, but I wanted to bring this verse up because usually we only read it at Christmas time and we, we reference his government, which he came to establish the ministry of the kingdom. Now, um, though many people might say they find America in the Old Testament and the New Testament, many refer to that they find uh, America not listed by name, but referenced as an eagle in uh, Ezekiel and also as an eagle in the book of Revelation. While we need to rightly divide the word of truth, there doesn't seem to be a connection in the Bible with an eagle and America. You know, sometimes when it's mentioned the lion, it's referred to as, as Great Britain. But some of the names that we get, and we're going to look at today, are specific names of nations that are listed in the Bible, named as Bible. But I would never go so far to say when I see a reference of an eagle, that is America, or a reference of an eagle in Revelation, that that's America. Here's where I feel like America lands in this whole end time part, but it's hinging upon what we do next. In fact, I want to read this 
This is Genesis chapter 12. You might say that is an odd verse to look at for America. But I want you to listen to this. And remember, this is God, and he's going to establish his covenant beginning with Abram and Sarah. He'll change their name to Abraham and Sarah. He's going to establish a covenant. It's going to happen through them. They're going to have a child that's born. But here's what God says to Abram. Abram has no foreknowledge of God. His father worshiped the other gods on the other side of the river. And Abram is 75 years old. And here's what he hears. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house. Now listen to this. To a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Notice what he says. He's got to depart out of his country from his family to a land. That's the big part, right? A land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Is there a nation at this time? Absolutely not. There are those that are going to be traveling with him. And here's what he says. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Now, here's the part I want you to listen to. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Here's where I picture and I see America in, and then we'll go through some details here, that America stands and is not mentioned by name in the Bible, but America falls under this, especially as Israel has become one of our, uh, we reference it as an ally, but there's something more than just a physical ally present. There's a spiritual part as well too. It says, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now I'm gonna pull this one out. In fact, I'm gonna give you a reference that you can look up. You can go to the website, watch.org. Uh, the gentleman that started this used to be a White House reporter, Bill Coing. Um, he's written a book, and I want to reference it for just a minute, called Eye to Eye. And Eye to Eye has to do when America has tried to make policies um, for a two-state solution, breaking up the land. Now, remember, that was part of that promise, I'm going to give you a land. You will hear all the time. In fact, every president is tried to drum up peace in the land of Israel. But Bill Cohen goes on and he mentions this. In fact, let me read this. As I mentioned, he's a White House reporter uh, with the author of the book, I Die. He reports that in all of the U.S. history, nine of the 10 costliest insurance events, six of the seven costliest hurricanes, three of the four uh, tor largest tornado outbreaks, nine of the 10 top natural disasters as ranked by FEMA relief costs, and two of the largest terrorism events all transpired on the very same day or within 24 hours of U.S. Presidents Bush 41, Clinton, and Bush, 40, uh, I believe 43, um, applying pressure on the land of Israel to trade her land for promises 
of peace and security, sponsoring major land for peace meetings, making public statements pertaining to Israel's covenant land and or calling for a Palestinian state. In fact, one of the hurricanes listed in his book was a three-story wave that crashed into Bush 41's house that's located at the end, right, the end of, uh, or he's on, on the ocean on Kinney Bunkport, a three-story, in fact, you can read up how it went in and through mud and rock and everything kind of hit his house. It was listed at the same time that there were talks or something going on about uh, the land. Now, whether you believe that or not, um, go in and research it. It's very interesting to see those things that have been linked when we try to put pressure as a country on Israel giving up land. Territory is big for God. That property, that promise was big for him. In fact, when it comes to Bible prophecy, it's not about America, as we're going to look at. It's about Israel. It's not about America. It's about Israel. We learn from Ezekiel 38 and 39. I encourage you to go read that, that Israel will be attacked once again. And in this particular prophecy, she has no one to guarantee her peace. No one to guarantee her security except the Lord. If you live within a biblical worldview and you know Israel's brief history, we would have to say that God is the one that brought Israel into existence. And when we look at the odds that Israel has faced in wars, and the only conclusion can be that God fought through the Israel army like he did in the days of Joshua when Israel first conquered the land. And is God getting any credit for Israel's existence and protection? Absolutely not. In fact, I used uh, early this morning for this recording on a prayer call, I actually used for a devotion in a prayer time, the story out of Exodus, where Moses would be up on the hill and he would be praying. He had to keep both hands up. And we know that Aaron and her held his hands up. And when his hands were up and he was praying, hands up, rod in the hand, Joshua and the army was defeating the Amalekites. When his arms went down, they started to lose. I believe there are seven and possibly eight battles that are listed in the Old Testament where we know that God was the one protecting Israel. In fact, let me show this kind of a crude map here. Um, if you're only listening, you won't get to see it, but I'll kind of describe it. Let me put it up here just so that everyone can see this as best as they can. Now, I'm actually missing a couple nations in this picture, but I want you to look at that all of the green nations that are listed in this image are Muslim nations. The very red is Israel. Look at the landmass. We're actually missing Turkey. Look at the landmass and look how small Israel is. You know, if I was a military person and I would look at that, I would just have everybody run as fast as they can to overtake that little nation, but they don't do it, do they? That little nation is standing up on its own, but they're not on their own. 
fact, we read this as a, another prophetic word out of Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand, a small one, a strong nation. Listen, I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. That's God speaking. You know, we referenced this back, um, I believe, our, our second week of getting into the end times. And prophetically, we read in Amos chapter 9, Jeremiah chapter 30, and it happened on May 19, 1948, that Israel became a nation after 2,000 years. After 2,000 years. You know, and I get this picture that if God had stopwatches, that at the beginning of the time, there was a watch that was clicking, click, 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 click. And when Jesus came to earth, I kind of wonder, did it stop and his ministry begins? And then the church age starts another timeline. And yet when, when Israel becomes a nation in 1948, there's another time coming on. And then when the rapture of the church takes place, there's another time. And I hope that doesn't confuse you at all. But I wonder in God's timing, uh, there's a significance about Israel coming back and being a nation. Think about this. World War II ended um, in uh, 1945. Israel became a nation in 1948. After 6,000 Jews were killed in the Holocaust, in fact, the Washington Post reports, they believe it was more like 11 million. Um, statistically, even the, the, the Jewish leaders of the day would say there was about 6 million Jews killed in the Holocaust. And yet just a few years after that, they become a nation. And as they become a nation, they're thrust right into a battle that they win. And they've had battles year upon year and upon year. So when we read these things, I want us to remember a couple things. In fact, here's where I want to give some stats. Nations that we read clearly in the Bible that are, are nations in the end times or characters in the end times are Turkey, Libya, Persia. In fact, Persia is Iran and Iraq, Ethiopia, China, Russia, and Israel. Though we don't see any strong reference to America, I believe where we see America fit in is in Genesis 12, in blessing the nation of Israel. In fact, we have become not only an ally, but a nation that protects uh, Israel. I believe, though, that we are witnessing, even today, and I'm going to pull out a few things, we are witnessing the rise of other world powers that within the next few years, if America is not paying attention, will become the superpowers that are here on earth. In fact, what's interesting, let me mention these two and then I'm gonna give the stats and we'll revisit it again. Um, the Really the Bible and these characters are gonna let us know that to conquer the world, these nations and these leaders want to be global dictators. In fact, when we read them, you're going to see even that even today, they want to rule the world. The other one is they want to conquer Israel and destroy the Jewish people. That is fact. You know, you could move the Jewish people to give them Florida. And people would figure out and center around and want to destroy them in Florida. 
And it's because of them being God's people. They are, it's not just despised, it's that hatred. But we're seeing the rise of these world powers, China, Russia, and India. China, Russia, and India. Let's talk about China for a few minutes. Stanford University encourages its students of business in their business college to think big and hatch ideas for new companies. But those who plan to start their own ventures are hearing new messages from the School of Business. Think China first, think India, and then think the USA. In fact, these uh, students are told, start your business in China, expand it then to India, and then to America. What are they seeing on the very next horizon that maybe we're missing? Listen to this statistic. Now, again, there, there's the craze of electric vehicles, battery backups. So powering all of this are electric batteries, of which there's two Chinese companies. I won't read the names just for time, but they account for the third of the global market. All six of the major battery manufacturers are Asian. In just one of, or just one sign of how far China has progressed in the electrical vehicle development, especially in batteries, out of 142 lithium ion battery mega factories under construction globally, 100 are set to be in China versus nine in the United States. Did you hear that? 107 will be in China, nine in the United States. Well, that's interesting when we think of the state that we're in and our churches in California, because the governor signed an order banning the sale of new gasoline cars by 2035. So by 2035, if there's a ban of gasoline cars, that means everybody's gonna have to head to electric, but the electric cars and batteries are going to be in China versus the United States. GMC is to go all electric by 2035, phasing out gas and diesel engines. The new GM only logo is intended to acknowledge GM's latest focus on electric versus uh, on electric vehicle technology. And the vision for the world is zero crashes, zero emissions, zero congestion. That's because of all driverless and automated vehicles. Now, just the other night, my son had a soccer game, an evening playoff game. And uh, due to the fact that it was a very far away game, when I clicked to see the miles, it was going to be a 76 mile one way or 152 miles, give or take, maybe a little bit more, depending if I took a break, uh, round trip. Many of the electric cars today only go 200 miles between a charge, which means just going to an away game on one uh, evening possibly would have required me to stop somewhere for, uh, you know, I, there's other others of you out there that have electric vehicles, maybe an hour or so. But who will win the most in this battery company competition? China will. China's military influence, in fact, U.S. commanders, around the globe caution that China's growing assertiveness isn't just happening in Asia. 
China is aggressively asserting economic influences over countries in Africa, South America, and the Middle East, and is pursuing bases and footholds there. Port projects, economic endeavors, infrastructure, and their agreements and contracts will lead to greater access in the future. They are hedging their bets and making big bets in the continent of Africa. So notice uh, China is coming on the scene big time. China is expected to overtake uh, the United States 20 years, 30 years down the line. But here's what I think is also interesting from what I mentioned before, when we look at end times and we look at those nations that wanna conquer the world, they wanna set their leaders up as a global dictator, China removed all presidential terms for um, their leader to rule indefinitely, to rule indefinitely. Well, let's take Russia for a minute. Uh, Russia, it's interesting that um, for Russia, U.S. civilian and military decision makers should assume that Russia will not refrain from getting involved in any conflict that affects its interests. March 18th of 2014, Russia annexed Crimea. If you remember, it was right after the winter games that were held in Shotsky, Russia. The Russian military entered Syria in 2015. They have bases, uh, you know, military vehicles, aircraft, support uh, systems, etc. And on uh, in April, um, we know this that Ukraine said that Russia amassed over 120,000 troops on its border. Though they've pulled back, that's kind of gotten a little quiet in the news. Putin's complaints over the loss of traditionally Russian lands or a reminder that his aggressive foreign policy remains primarily directed against the ex-Soviet republics. Now, listen to this. This is not a political statement. This is fact that just happened within the last few months and in the last week um, here in the U.S. and in Russia. Joe Biden on January 20th, 21, uh, on the U.S. Keystone Pipeline. This permit is hereby revoked. This 1,700-mile pipeline was to carry 800,000 barrels of oil a day from Alberta, Canada, to the Texas Gulf Coast, passing through Montana, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Not only giving the U.S. jobs, but energy independence. We recently saw what happened with the Colonial Pipeline on the East Coast that was hacked, and the company did pay the reported $4.4 million ransom. But just three days ago, they had another computer problem that affected their systems again, which they said was not attributed to the computer hack. As of today, today, when I'm recording this, Four in 10 Metro Atlanta gas stations are still without fuel from May 7th. All right, pause right there. We cancel our, a major infrastructure Keystone Pipeline, in fact, of which under oath, John Kerry, who is referred to as the climate czar, said that pipelines are secure in transporting oil. In fact, one of the best ways 
to do so, but we canceled ours. But listen to this. The Biden administration waived sanctions on the company behind Russia's Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline to Germany, a move decried by critics of the project in Congress. The 764-mile pipeline will help Germany secure a relatively low-cost supply of gas amid failing European production. But it will cause Europe to rely on Russia for fuel and enrich Russia with new income. China and Russia are aggressively active in the Arctic for oil, gas, and shipping routes. Isn't it interesting that in our own country, we shut down opportunities for oil thinking that we'll go electric. Okay, so let's take that part. We shut down oil for, let's, okay, and if we're gonna push electric, that the electric could all be driven by us having to purchase things from China, interesting. Russian voters have overwhelmingly backed a referendum on constitutional changes that include provision allowing President Vladimir Putin, who has already served for some two, two decades, to remain in power until 2036. Now remember this, China, Zing, indefinite, right? It's a lifetime or, or until he steps down. Now we have Putin, 2036. Um, the Turkish leader, I won't say his name uh, because I know I'll botch it there. He told Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin that he wanted the international community to give Israel a strong and deterrent lesson. This is after the uh, fighting that's been going on, adding that the UN Security Council should intervene with a determined and clear message to Israel. In fact, he wants a deterrent lesson. The Turkish leader also pressed Putin on the need for a global force to protect the Palestinians. He is also in office till 2029 or until certain constitutional laws are rewritten. Remember, to these guys, in fact, this is Bible prophecy in these nations to conquer the world and to reign as global dictators. You know, you can't make this stuff up. To conquer Israel and to destroy the Jewish people. Isaiah chapter 60, you know, we started with that. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one, a strong nation. Let's ask ourselves that one question. Um, could the USA be destroyed? Could the USA be destroyed? You know, I don't believe at all that it would be nuclear in any sense of the stretch, though we have all of these nations that are building up nuclear capabilities due to the fact of bombers, missile silos, submarines, there would be a retaliation. And so America would not be taken out of the picture at all. One of the things though, that we have to look at with America is this question that we have, where is her soul? Where is her soul? You know, uh, if you studied all the Roman Empire, you'll notice this. They were the reigning superpower on earth. They had a worldwide, at least at that time, military. But Rome collapsed 
not from the outside, but they collapsed internally and then externally. Rome collapsed from the inside. David Brinkley, which is a name uh, years and years ago, a uh, news reporter, he was on NBC. In fact, on November 18th of 1956, he reported then that uh, Nikita Khrushchev, who was the prime minister of the Soviet Union, and I remember learning about this uh, in college and history, said earlier that day, this is 1956, we will take America without firing a shot. We do not have to invade the United States. We will bury you from within. Bury you from within. Joe Biden was the first U.S. president since 1952 to not use the word God in his National Day of Prayer Proclamation of 2021. Dr. Avita King, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, blasted the leftist established media for wanting to erase God. She went on to say, our motto is America, one nation under God. And on our money is listed in God we trust. Another interesting fact is millennials which you've often heard uh, that phrase so often. Um, they, in the U.S., I'm going to talk about millennials in the U.S. That are, that are listed as between the age of 25 and 40 years of age. 43% Pew Research, 43% have stated they either don't know, don't care, or don't believe God exists. Horoscopes. Karma and even getting even are the things that are on their minds. So think about America for the, for the minute. Uh, I don't believe America is destroyed by uh, nuclear means at all, by military means at all. The, the one way that we may not see America in Bible times is because of the rapture of the church. You know, it's estimated that there's between 60 and 70 million uh, people in the United States that identify as Christians. So you can imagine what would happen in just the United States if Jesus came back for his church. The, the amount of, uh, uh, of uneasiness and destruction and confusion that would just take place in our country. But the hinge of America depends on her soul. Though we list uh, the word God uh, not used here in May, we've seen this take place in our nation from removing Bible reading in school, removing um, a prayer in school, removing the Ten Commandments statues out of government offices, we can see over and over and over again that culturally in certain places that God is being moved out. Here, even in California, we watched that seven different times attorneys went to the United, to the United States Supreme Court on behalf of religious freedom in just California for churches that could be open during the COVID uh, pandemic. Just California. 
This happened in, in other states uh, as well, just in California. So we notice there's this push. There's this push and our prayer. In fact, how I want to uh, end this today, our prayer, even in a nation that might be pushing God out, is never to give up. Never to give up. In fact, we go back into the Bible to find out how people in times like that rose up and God always was on the move. He's not turned his back, but we've got to be a nation that continues to be a blessing uh, to Israel. We don't want to get on the other side. You know, And you know what's sad is uh, that those nations that are so against Israel are blessed on their own with natural resources on their own. But there is such a hatred uh, for this people that it clouds all of their, all of their minds. And we see how the, their people and their nations are, are treated because of that. Well, let me read these two verses before we close today. And I pray, though a lot of information, I pray this has been uh, helpful and for you getting a picture. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, now I know Everybody remembers Daniel, either Daniel in the lion's den or Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that are thrown uh, into the fiery furnace. But Daniel, it says this, in fact, when the decree went out that they were not allowed to pray to their God. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. And he prayed and gave thanks before his God as his custom was since the early days. He did not change anything he did. In fact, he didn't close the doors. He opened the windows. Now, we know the story. The story goes and uh, the king didn't want to do it, but they threw him in the den of lions. King couldn't sleep all night long, came in, found out Daniel was alive. They got Daniel out. You know, the Lord protected him, shut the mouths of lions. I love when I read when the people that accused Daniel of it were thrown in. The Bible says they were their bones were crushed before they even hit the ground because of the fierceness of the lions. Daniel never changed his spiritual condition before the Lord. It didn't matter if God was removed from a national day of prayer. It didn't matter if certain things were going on. Daniel was not going to give up not going to give in. He was going to wait and watch his God arise. Last one. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, this is talking about the angel Michael that is bringing a message to Daniel because Daniel is praying this message took 28 days to get to Daniel because of the spiritual battle taking place. And it says, then he said to me, do not fear Daniel from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Let me read that again. This is the, the angel Michael. He'd been battling in the heavenlies, 28-day battle to get down to give this message to Daniel. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, 
your words were heard and I have come because of your words. You know, the position and posture that we need to take is that we are in a battle of battles on planet Earth. Things are lining up like never before. Nations uh, are lining up militarily. Uh, they're lining up their economies. They're venturing out from their own territory. They're building seaports, Atlantic ports, uh, naval shipyards. In fact, we know this, even from, and I didn't read this stat early on, even from when Israel handed off the Gaza Strip uh, from 2005 until this last, uh, the, the end of the two days ago with the ceasefire, there has been 22,000 rockets fired at Israel from Gaza. Think about that. And almost 2,500 was just in the last 11 days. Think about that. 2,500 in just the last 11 days. In fact, Benjamin Netanyahu said that right now with this ceasefire, any Gaza rocket fire will be met with a whole new level of force. You know, we're still in those, in those times, but we need to be like Daniel. We need to be people that are praying, that are people that are bold. We need to believe that God is on the move. He's doing things even as this, this chess, chess match of the world leaders is taking place. And we need to live as if Jesus is coming back in the next 10 minutes, but we're going to plan as it might take 100 years. I don't think it's going to take 100 years, but we need to be ready. So I want to pray for us today. In fact, I want to encourage you to be strong in your faith. Be bold in your faith. Don't be weak at all. In fact, we see where boldness comes upon great leaders in the Bible to do great exploits for the Lord. So, Father, we come today, and Lord, I pray that it, it, this hasn't been information, but it's been inspiration that you are leading and guiding every event on planet earth. Yet you look down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any that are seeking after you. Father, we will be men and women, young people, children of yours that seek your face, that listen to your voice, that do what you say, that believe you and have faith in you in these days. And we say, we're glad to be alive in these days. We won't be discouraged in these days. We have a God that's looking out after us. We have the promises of God on our side. You're our provider. You're the one that is promoting us. And you're the one that is giving favor. And we know when we pray, you've heard our words. And you have come because of our words. And we bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. As we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this one verse. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Let's pray this prayer together. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I have faith in the God who created the heavens and the earth. I choose to put my trust in the Lord again today, right now. He has never failed me. 
and he never will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can give online. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, uh, and you can click on the Give button on the top right-hand screen. It's fast, safe, and secure. You can also mail to uh, us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we thank you for your support of the ministry of the Hills Church. Well, as we do each and every week, let's say our scripture together, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Know that you and I are alive in a unique time, but you and I need to be like Daniel, focused in on what God is doing because he is up to great things in our days. And we bless you and be blessed this week in Jesus' name.